Welcome to the family with Alex Brandt Rasmussen. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, Scott. Andy Rappernard. And Cassie Schrader. <laughs> should we just do this again or what do we do? Pause. It's fine. It's fine. I had to jump in. Everyone's used to us by now. <laughs> I yeah, know. You think? I Are think you so. sure? They're used to us. Oh, I'm positive. <laughs> you sure yeah. they're used to us? We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. You know who did this song? Well, I do. Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> Engelbert Humperdinck. Yes, that's right, honey. That's exactly who it was. Seems legit. <laughs> but it's not. It might seem legit, but it's not. Um, basically, the situation is it was Dave Brubeck. Ah. And what's the song called? Take five. Take five. That's exactly yes. right. And who was in a band as the drummer of the Take Five? Tom Bernard. <laughs> exactly. Tommy very B. good, Catherine. Tommy V, the drummer for Take Five. Thank you very much. Did you have a drummer's name? Like, did you use a stage name? I tried to go with Ringo Starkey, but somebody else <laughs> took it ahead of me. So, oh, yeah. I had to peg more as an animal. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Animal! Oh, animal! From the Muppets? Yes, that's exactly right. Yep. From the Muppets. Could animal. See it completely. No. Animal. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's really nice of you. Really quite pleasant. There's Screaming no question Screaming while about you it. drum, I, I think. Ah, I see it. I might have done that anyway. <laughs> I might have done that. Alex, by the way, the 13th is the date you were looking for. Thank you. It's a Friday. You want it on a Friday, right? Friday the 13th. 
Exactly. What do you think of that action? That's Probably March, right? Yep. Yes. You're yeah. good to go. So, yeah, you're all teed up. Life is good. Once oh, again, I already, fa- I already had fa- it on my calendar. You are. I already had father it on my calendar, too. So, How? I don't know. Oh, but I manifested God. it. She manifested it. Uh, let me know when Timmy's ready to go, and we'll launch in with Timmy Lammers. Well, we're going to call him at... Gonna be on today. Yeah, we're going to call him at 11.15 for the second segment. So, oh, he, that, yep, he'll be ready to go. So, wait a minute. You're going to call him when for the second segment? Uh, we'll call him over the next break. He'll be on for the... Oh, so it's 11.25 then. Uh, no, no, it'd be more Well, like no, a, not 11.20, but 11.20. <laughs> yeah. Happening. Yeah. It'd be 11.20. Yeah, it'll be at 11.20. That's fine. Don't worry about anything. Okay. Don't worry about Catherine, no, that ridiculing laugh I of yours that I heard. Laughing. I heard that. There was I'm a ridicule. with you. Yes, Tom. <laughs> what a fool you are. That's not what I said. It's exactly what uh, you Okay, said. just because you can't deal with your Amazon password. I changed it. Life is grand. Life is grand. Oh, take it out on me. Yeah. No, I actually, um, I actually took care of that, Catherine. Did no you? problem. Did you get your password reset link? I did. I absolutely. You want to know what it is? No. None of your beeswax, that's who it is. Um, <clears throat> one thing I'd like to start, and, and again, this is just trying to get people to stop lying to the public. Last night, before we went to bed, there was some speculation on NBC that up to 30 Americans had been killed in Iraq. Did you guys know that? Mm-mm. You hadn't heard that? No, Mm-mm. I haven't heard it. NBC reported that up to 30 Americans had been killed. Zero Americans, nor an Iraqi, was killed in the bombings last night, the raids last night. Mm-hmm. They went out of their way to make sure that nobody got killed. That's a good sign. That's a good thing. So I, I'm just getting worn out by you news delivery services, you politicians, and you Hollywood pukes lying to the people. Would you stop lying? Right? Well, you would think that would be a good thing to do, but, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like I just the last two days is what's going on over in the Middle East. I don't know what's going on, but first, you know, right. we had the bombings and stuff. And now yesterday, uh, was it Yugoslavian uh, air passenger plane crashed? In, um, right uh, Ukrainian. Outside. Oh, Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Okay. Yeah, yep. Ukrainian flight was... Uh, crashed just taking off from Tehran. Now they have an earthquake. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on over there. I would avoid it. <laughs> but Well, I, Bob had heard that that the, the Iranians shot down the plane, but I never saw proof of that. It um, just crashed on takeoff, didn't it? Well, there's speculation that there could have been some ground fire that may have accidentally hit the plane, not oh, intentionally. Oh, yeah. So Jesus. that could stir a whole new perspective of what's going to happen because now that civilians you know a civilian airline was taken down i mean that's kind of reminiscent of you know some like how 9-11 was perceived that these were innocent people these weren't people of the military this was you know right so i don't know how people are going to take it i I guess we'll have to wait and see what the um investigation on the the crash site would be but I don't know. It's getting scary. And now we got two kids about it to is. go into the military, and it's like, oh, God. Yep. It's scary. I understand that completely. I just, I just would ask Hollywood, the politicians, and the news media to stop lying to the people. Mm-hmm. And if you put something on the air you think is right, but you don't know it's right, you're still lying because you didn't check your facts. It's got to stop. 
You, you, why do you want to make people so miserable just by driving them to view you to get the real news when it's not the real news you're giving people? Yeah. I, I, you know? I don't get I, – I, and it just – it stirs the pot and it gets people in a frenzy and they're mad about something. They don't even really know why they're yeah. mad or upset. Um, yeah, I just – I wish that – and it's causing such a divisiveness between everyone, what, especially yes, like Hollywood is. and these, you know, pe- public figures are constantly going out and yapping their gums about stuff they don't really know much yeah. about. But and then people follow them. They're sheep. So, I yeah, don't know. they do. We'll have to move forward. What are you going to do? But I, but once again. I'm looking at something right now on the Newsier website. Iran, our missile strikes a slap in the face to the U.S. That's not what they said. They said a slap on the face. You don't need to correct their English. (laughs) Okay? Just report the news and leave it alone. Mm -hmm. God, I I, I really wish we were never have a lot. You know, you could lie about people in the press all you want, and particularly if they're a public figure like a Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You can say whatever the hell you want about him, and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Well, just, and I'm not just singling him out as the only one that gets picked on. A lot of them get picked on. Well, I just wish that they would just state the facts and let us, you know, come up with our own opinions about the facts. We That'd don't need, you know, we didn't ask you for your opinion. Just tell us what is actually going on. I don't need your spin on it. I don't need, you know, what your thoughts are on it. I don't know. It's just, ugh. I can't even watch cable news at all. No, you can't. I can't. It's, it's nearly impossible. I haven't watched it in over three years. It's terrible. Well, I'm gonna have to get there. I'm gonna have to get there myself. I just I can't stand watching it anymore because you can predict just by giving me one line whether it was said on Fox or CNN. You mm-hmm. can tell by the way it's delivered. Exactly. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, stop that. That's all we're asking. Just stop that. To try to act like an adult. I know it's really tough. You know that's just how it is. Yeah. Oh, this is terrible. Now. You know, this whole Australian thing, uh, and by the way, there was, I can't remember if it was, it was Mordahl or who <laughs> reported it this morning. He said, could you guys talk to the media around the world for me? Because right now, I just saw a report last night on the, uh, the wildfires in Australia. It turns out they're not wildfires, by the way. 150, up to 150 people helped to intentionally set those fires. Really? Did you hear that? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yep, they intentionally set them. 24 teenagers are among the people that intentionally Why set those wildfires. Why would they do that? I don't know. I guess to send out the message that, oh, my God, global warming. Well, once again, you're lying. We do need to live cleaner lives, obviously. We need to stop ma- making a mess, obviously. But you lying about it is not helping. Mm-hmm. Right? No, just being destructive. Uh, and here, here's the problem you have here. Okay, you, you 150 people, particularly 24 people who set most of the fires. You know how many animals are now feared dead in Australia's brush fires? Oh, God. Hmm. Don't tell me. Half a billion. A billion. A oh, one billion? What? A billion now, Alex. Really? It's uh. A billion animals, including 10,000 camels. Uh. I didn't even know they had camels I didn't in know Australia. Feral camels. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I've, I've been watching people, I guess a bunch of teenagers have been um, publicly uh, 
applauded because they're they're taking their cars and they're going around pulling koalas out of trees and putting them in their car and they were so cute because you remember back in the 80s they had those like little animals you could clip onto backpacks or something and they were always like a koala bear that's what they look like in the car they were like clinged on to the seat belts and all that stuff but yeah i feel so bad for them and then there was another picture of a kangaroo hugging a woman that she pulled out from the fire and the kangaroo wouldn't let her go he just kept hugging her. Oh. It was so sweet. I feel so bad for all those animals. See, if it was a guy, the cam- can- uh, kangaroo would have kicked them in the nuts. Oh. I guarantee you. That video, I, I don't promote animal abuse whatsoever, but that video of that guy s- sucker punching that kangaroo right in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. terrible. I know. It was terrible, but was you couldn't terrible. help but watch it. But I, I get why he did it because the kangaroos. I guess the kangaroos are very dangerous with dogs because they think all the dogs are dingoes, oh, yeah. and the dogs oh. have to wear these protective vests because the kangaroos will kick at the dogs and slice them Ooh. open. So the, I guess this kangaroo was trying to attack his dog, and he just oh. went up to the kangaroo and punched him right in the face, and it kind of stunned him, and he hopped away. <laughs> so, whatever, I guess it worked. I guess it all yeah. works out. So why end. is this, why are these wildfires so hard to fight? Because they're so widespread. They're just... I mean, when 150 different people, and 24 did most of it, but up to 150 people set fires, they are everywhere. I mean, it's like, what did they say? How many millions of acres? 13 million okay, or something? So this is Australia's winter, right? No, it's summer in Australia. Wait, that's right. So don't yeah. they get rain in the summer? Not no, not in this area. No, no, it's really unfortunately really too some bad. Rain. Yeah, I hope something <laughs> settles nice. down. It's a bit much. It's don't terrible. CBS News reports those dead dead camels that are reachable will be buried or burned. The rest will be left to the elements. The country's total camel population is thought to number about a million, meaning the impacted population represents about 1% of the whole. Notes USA Today. As for the country's overall estimated animal death toll, the updated number came Wednesday today from Chris Dickman of the University of Sydney. It represents those animals thought to be lost since September, either as fire victims or creatures who perished upon losing their habitat. A billion animals have died because a bunch of morons That's decided it's mind-boggling. Fire. Really is, and all. And I gotta believe they haven't said this yet, but my belief is they were trying to trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. I hope it's it, sad. I, I don't know. I just don't even know what to think about people that set fires intentionally. It just it's so yeah. sick. It's a bit hard to understand, no doubt about that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The CEO of John Hancock's parent company apologized and hosted an employee forum on diversity after a video was released showing senior management wrapping in hoodies and dark shades <laughs> in a scene that wouldn't be out of place in the office. The video shared on the company's in, in, uh, internal site on December 12th was meant to be lighthearted and reinforce the approachability of senior management. Manulife Financial said Monday in a statement for the Boston Globe, while some employees appreciated the attempt to poke fun at ourselves, CEO Rory Go- Rory, Roy Gorey. Nice name. His name is Roy Gorey. That's a tongue twister. Notes others found the video upsetting. Indeed, the Globe reports John Hancock employees took to an internal chat network to describe the video as misguided and racist. Hmm. I I got a little bit of tip off for everyone about rap music, okay? 90% of rap music is purchased by white people. Did you know that? 90% 90% of it. Yeah, I, I can so see that. So how is that racist? I, I don't know. 
I just don't understand how it's racist. Uh, it, it, you know, they're they're do, they're in, imitating a form of music, which to me would be praise, not racist. Well, there's white rappers that wear yeah, hoodies yeah, and sunglasses, yeah, exactly. right? So I don't know what the problem is there, but uh, the video featuring mostly white managers was a third in an annual series of featuring um, different music genres. Gory then flew to John Hancock's Boston headquarters to host a forum on diversity and inclusion practices per the globe. Please know it was not our intention to offend anyone. So you didn't complain about the other two forms of music they did, only the one where, because it's white guys pretending to be rappers. I just think when you're a corporate guy, you just got to stay away from all of it. Just don't do anything. You do? <laughs> just sing, you know, you can do like Elvis, I guess. Or uh... It's his birthday today. <laughs> exactly. It's Elvis's birthday. You can just do Elvis. And that's the only person oh, you can imitate anymore. Safe. Yeah. Pretzel would have been 85 years old today. Just don't. 85 only? Yeah, he'd been 85 years old today. How long has he been dead? 43 years. Wow. He's been dead longer than he was alive. He, was, oh. he died at 42. Mm. Poor Elvis. Elvis. Poor Pretzel. What are you going to do? The pretzel. I just think that's The funny. pretzel. <laughs> it is the pretzel. It's a good nickname. So I'm Elvis. You Elvis were, the pelvis. Yeah, yeah, your family was very into him. Oh, my mother adored Elvis because he was a poor boy made good. She loved that story. She did indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to change the tone of my voice because a, a lot of people think the tone of my voice tends to be very urban. So I, I apologize that God made my voice racist. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous argument. My God, grow up. <laughs> oh, so, well, whatever. Let, well, let's take a break. Be back with Tim Lammers right after this with the family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customers? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, perfect? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Do, 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 do. 
Timmy Lammers, Timmy Lammers. <laughs> what do you think of that jingle? Catchy. Dad, what do you think of that I'm, jingle buster? I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. I just did this thing where you pick which Disney character you are. It's like you have a picture of you and then it shows up what Disney character you are. And I just did it to your picture on this big thing of you, Dad. And it came back as, yeah, okay. and it came back as Ursula. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what? Oh. Isn't that the big octopus woman? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. Likes to go around stealing uh, stuff. Oh. Oh, Amazing. God. Dominating people. I'm going to do Andy now. Mm. Are we going to do Andy now? Andy is. Timmy. I haven't seen that. You know what's funny? They did a, I saw an article, uh, Robin Williams' daughter did that, and guess what image she got? Um, Ursula? The, the genie. She got her dad's. The genie? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just by uh, her picture. She did? Yeah. Oh. Andy got Beelzebub. <laughs> well, now it's uh, now it's showing um, Hades. Or Hades, not Beelzebub. <clears throat> Hades. Yeah. Aw. Andy got From Hades. Hercules. Andy. From Hercules. You're not Beelzebub. Beelzebub. He's not Beelzebub. <laughs> I'd probably get Belle. <laughs> Let's see. You're Gus Gus from Cinderella. Gus Gus? The little fat little fat <laughs> Well, so this is all just okay. random. Cinderella. Yeah, it's Cinderella-y. super Except for I got Dory, which I think fits. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Couldn't be the one you're doing. What did Tim Lammers get? I don't have his picture. Anyway. Yeah, Tim. you should just grab one off my Facebook page or something. Whoa. That is I'm serious. Whoa. Yeah, you sound... We're fine. I, okay. I don't worry about it. I hate That's to good. say it, but when you were talking about, I did this thing with Tom's picture for a Disney character. The first character I thought of was Ursula. Oh, oh my God. Jesus, you know. <laughs> boy, look at the time. I'd love to do the rest of the show, but I can't. <laughs> i got to hit the road. Oh, you guys oh, backstabbers. Oh, Every one of you is a backstabber. Poor right Tom. There. Poor Tom, indeed. All you horn tootin'. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. What's up, Timmy? You know what? I am so giddy. I am so happy. I feel like I've gone through 25, 30 years of therapy putting up with these Hollywood hypocrites. And it all was cured <laughs> in eight minutes with Ricky Gervais. What? I couldn't agree more, Tim. I loved it. I you haven't know, seen it yet. Oh, my God. It is just, it is so unbelievable. And here's the thing. He warned people. There was an extensive Hollywood Reporter article where he said, I'm not going to hold back. But I don't think that people expected him to call out the industry as a whole. You know, you usually get the shots at this person and this person and this person. And, you know, the first time he did it, People were very upset about it, and then he came back. And I thought he was kind of soft the second time around. But I have to tell you, I didn't even expect him to be as brutal as he was. But he promised one thing, and that, and that was going to be that he, his jokes were going to be bulletproof, meaning that they were all rooted in truth, right? Ooh, you know, you, when you bring up people like the complicity of Harvey Weinstein and you bring up the friendships of Jeffrey Epstein... Uh, and the thing where he said, now I quote, your little awards 
he had to stick the dagger in, didn't he? When he didn't, he couldn't call it an award. He, said, he did. Your little award. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a, a microsurgeon. The way he, with such precision, just, yep. just dismantled everybody. It was unbelievable, and I just, I have to. It's like now, it's like a record album. I have to listen to it over and over and over again because it's just as good as the first time. I'm going to watch it with Catherine after the show today because she hasn't seen it yet. Oh, my God. And don't don't forget <laughs> the zinger at the end, the very end thing, the parting shot, the knockout punch, where he was talking about Bird Box, where actors pretend yes. they're blind. Just like uh, you did with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and then they're going, ooh. And he's saying, Loved I'm not talking about me. It was all you guys. You did it, not me. <laughs> exactly. I didn't do it. You did it. Oh, my no, God. Right. Oh, my God. Was... You know, because it's like after that opening, where else is he going to go? You don't get time because you've got to do transitions and introduce people and stuff, and it's got to be quick and whatever. But, boy, did he just, the way he wrapped it up. Was do you think that's going to hurt? Do you think that's going to harm his career? No. I don't think he cares. No? Don't you think, Tommy? I don't think he cares. No. He I doesn't mean, He even went them. after Disney. He went after everybody. He, he, he just... He did. He, he's got... Honestly, he's one of those people that realizes that he has enough. And mm -hmm. I think that there will be... There, there are not going to be people in the industry to say it outright. Because, again, he went after everybody. But they're going to be people sitting back and realizing, you know, he is right. And they're going to employ him still. I mean, Netflix is certainly oh, yeah. going to... Yep. You know, look, if he gets another comedy special on Netflix, and I don't know if you saw the one he does have, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, look, Chappelle and those guys, they get $20 million. I mean, he's set. He's set. He doesn't care, and he he burned the bridges, and he doesn't care. And that's, yeah. that's what was no. so refreshing about this. He truly... He said, this is the last time. I think <laughs> it's going to be up to the age of the Hollywood Foreign Press and, and, and NBC because, again, it's all about money. It's about ratings. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if the HFPA knows that they have to fall on their own sword to get those ratings, they will allow him to do it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, it is just I can't stop talking about it because it was so damn refreshing. It was really good. How were the ratings for the Golden Globe Awards? They were actually down 6%. That's what I thought, yeah. Yep. But here's the thing that I realized, because at first I was thinking, okay, so he uh, put out the, uh, the the first salvo in Hollywood Reporter and other places that I'm going to, uh, there's no, no holding back. You know, people probably didn't realize how far he was going to go. But when you look at the entire show, you got your eight minutes at the top, which were brilliant. And then you got the three hours of the blathering, self-important BS in the middle. And then you just get the last minute where he brings up the Harvey Weinstein thing and tells him to go do drugs, get drunk, and F off. I mean, that's not your entire show. That's, that's your nine minutes. Nine minutes out over three hours. So, granted, who is going to want to tune into hour two when... And I'm going to bring this up because he, he did do a great speech, uh, I think, uh, Tom Hanks. It was very heartfelt and everything. But there was one thing he said that I just could not believe, talking about it's a struggle for us actors to come to work and hit the mark. Oh, I know. Are you serious? It's I a struggle know. for actors who are waiting tables or digging ditches or 
doing whatever before they get noticed. But once you're there and you're in a position to hit the marks, I don't care, man. You're, you're going to work and it's let's pretend. Right. You, you, don't yeah. don't use the word struggle, especially after Ricky called out everybody and they kept showing Tom's face, Tom Hanks's face. <laughs> right. That was wonderful. They kept showing him as cringing like a madman. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, Tom, I, and I've said this before. I mean, I I don't completely. I I, I I I Hollywood drives me crazy. There are some people out there that I love. There are some people out there that I know. There are, but but guess what? The, those are the people that you never hear from. You never hear them uh, virtue signaling or doing whatever, um, or they don't even live in Hollywood at all. You get a guy like Bruce Campbell, for example. He lives in Oregon. He, he told me that him. years ago in an interview. He says, "I don't want to be a part of that that muck." You know, so you know there are a lot of people there that I love, or in the business, I should say, that I love, and basically. They, they do what they're supposed to do. They do their job. They entertain us. And they know enough not to point the fingers at us and, and do as they say, not as I do sort of attitude. I think it's great. We, we, what we need to do is rehumanize, and I didn't say dehumanize, I said rehumanize politicians, Hollywood, and the news media because they are nothing but a bunch of robots puking out what somebody tells them to say. <laughs> That's what they do. You need, uh, yeah, yeah, you need perspective, and I'm just going to talk about the film just for a, a couple minutes, um, talking about a great Hollywood product and talking about a guy like mm -hmm. Sam Mendes who got up, who won Best Director in 1917, won Best Film. Um, that film, and you must see it as soon as possible when it comes out this mm -hmm. Friday, uh, will put things into perspective. You know, we're talking about two young men, probably uh, my 19-year-old son's age, going on a suicide mission over enemy lines to deliver a message to uh, 1,600 troops that they are about to be ambushed as they march into what they think is a slam-dunk victory. That's, that's the, in a nutshell, plot of 1917. Um, but afterwards, you sit and you think, why am I complaining about anything? I mean, this movie puts well. things into perspective. <laughs> And, right. uh, and I have to, have to say it, and, and I'll tell you again tomorrow on the show, tell everybody, uh, Michael Bryant does not like rats, and there are rats in this movie, and I saw this man jump about five feet off of his chair last night <laughs> watching 1917 during a scene with rats. It was unbelievable the way this guy jumped in the air. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know. That, uh, but you need perspective. I think that's the key for me, uh, anyway, is that the, the, the industry could be so great. There, is, there are times where the industry can be so great and so powerful mm -hmm. and give you perspective about what really matters. You know, And, and, and Hollywood, I would say 95% of them have forgotten that. It's, it's sad, but it's true. No, I, you're absolutely right about that. It, it just, I don't know. I would like to get to a situation where back in the day you, you looked at these people and you admired the hell out of them. You know, they were big movie stars, you know, the Marlon Brandos and Elizabeth Taylors of the world. And then you found out they were deeply flawed individuals, which was actually good because instead of being these, you know, kings and queens and princes and princesses, they were just normal people who had bigger problems than you do. 
Yeah. Which I think the honesty of that honesty of Hollywood, I really enjoyed to tell you the truth. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and, and and you know, now of course we're in the age where at least if somebody goes to rehab and and they want to really be helpful, or they'll reveal some deep dark secret from their past or whatever, they do it. Uh, I mean, God, I hope not. Some of them do it for publicity, but some of them mm-hmm. do it because they really think that because I am a known person, um, you know, that you should not be afraid to talk about it and bring it out with people. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there is a lot of good there. Um, but unfortunately, it's a business that's by a set of rules that you need to follow and you need to be in lockstep with their politics and everything in order to get work. Um, So, for example, on Twitter the other night, just the mere fact that Tim Allen showed up to present an award, you know, I hate going on what I call the hate cauldron that is known as Twitter, um, but it's the truth. I mean, they just merely were ripping Tim Allen to shreds because he was a conservative. That was the only thing that they had to, to use against him. And it's like, my God, we, we all have our differing viewpoints about things. Can't we just see those viewpoints? You know, it's just, it's just crazy. Well, the thing about that, and, and I, I, I talked about it a bit this morning, you ever notice the ultra-religious aren't really religious because all they ever do is judge people and condemn them to die and burn in hell? And <laughs> yes. on the far left, the far left, all you got is people who claim to be tolerant and liberal and progressive, and they're none of those three. Well, I tell they, you these what. Are dis- um, these again, extremists on both sides. Yeah, and you know what? I, I have to tell you, I, uh, um, again, where movies can be so good for people, um, another one, it's new on Netflix. It uh, was uh, released in theaters to qualify for Oscars. Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price play Pope Benedict and Pope Francis in The Two Popes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it talks about, you know, the, the, the unlikely friendship because I didn't know this thing. I'm not a religious guy. Okay, but um, uh, it talks about how um, Francis was considered. They, there were some people that wanted him Pope when Benedict was selected. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like the, the direction of the church, so he was ready to resign his position as Cardinal Archbishop and just be a priest. And Pope Benedict um, called him in and talked to him and tried to talk him out of it because he didn't want to make it look like, well, people are defecting because of my hardline ways. But mm-hmm. what these two guys did was they sat down, polar opposites, and they realized each other's differences, and they came to agreements about things, and they became great friends, despite the fact that one of them was a hard-line guy and one of them is obviously had more liberal ideas about the church. And I was thinking to myself as I was watching this movie, it's like, my God, how amazing would life be if people could do that and if politicians could do that? And again, mm-hmm. it's one of these great instances, and again, thank you, to having great actors like Jonathan Price and, and, and Anthony Hopkins to, to help make these people feel real, uh, to make us learn these lessons that, you know what, you don't have to agree, but you can find common ground. And you can become friends. I mean, there were times, and, and Tommy, you know, you and I both know, and Catherine and everybody on the show, we have friends that are on both sides of the aisle. You know, we don't think that way. Yep. Yep. But the news You're media right. wants us to think that way. They want to create a divide. And um, it's not going to happen. 
sorry, man, it's not going to happen with me. I'm not going to let anybody dictate the way I think. You have another segment in you, Timmy? I do, and I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going on and blathering as much as no, 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 not do. at all. I like to talk, but you know what? Honestly, this not thing with all. Gervais the other day, it, it made me feel, again, so... Oh, God, it made me feel so good. <laughs> and I, and I love talking about this because people, people got to address this kind of stuff. Yep. We'll be right back more with Tim Lammers right after this with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. And we're back with Tom Bernard, who just sat down. We are back. <laughs> well, the music's playing. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> just sit and listen. Control. Sit and listen to some. He's trying to blast your I got husband. a question for Tim. All yeah. right, we are back. Tim Lammers. Um, so last night we started watching the movies that made us. Have you watched any of those, Tim? You know, I have not. I am looking forward oh, to it, though. I think you'd Look, like it. I'm an action figure geek. And the people that made the series, the toys that made us, mm-hmm. actually, you know, they have such of a great idea with, you know, the backstories of, you know, those products that Netflix came to them and said, let's do the movies that made us. So I know that it's really quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it watched, really is. I watched the Dirty Dancing one, and I was shocked. I didn't know a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff on Dirty <laughs> Dancing about... Uh, Patrick Swayze, how is he hurt his knee really bad? Or he had, well, he had a previous knee injury yeah, from yeah. football, but like he had to jump off that stage at that end scene where he jumps off and then uh, Jennifer Grey comes running and he lifts her. Yeah, that he had to do that like I don't know, like thirty some times, and he said his knee was just going to give out, and he's like, I I got one more in me, and that very last one was the one that they oh, put in the movie because it was so good. But yeah, yeah. I watched I watched the one about Dirty Dancing and Home Alone, and Home Alone almost didn't get made over something like a million five. Really, oh one God. studio dropped it, what? and another studio picked it up 
they were gosh. they were firing the people on the on the lot. Well, it was actually filmed in a school, I guess, and um, mm. they were firing them. One one. <laughs> <laughs> and they were and the guy was coming behind him nope not fired we're going to continue on because somebody else picked it up it was i mean the politics oh, just of yeah. making a movie is amazing mm-hmm. well shows are like shows like that are great because generally when you have a new movie that comes out you get 60 70 80 tv uh reporters um that it's a crazy system where they get people in and out of rooms for three minutes of sound bites, essentially. And you really don't get, all you get are love fest stories. You don't get the true stories that go on. And now it's great that people are going back and finding out the real truth behind these movies because it is really, because you got to believe this stuff goes on with every single film. Um, and some of those films don't go on to be classics and we probably don't care to hear about what happened. But yeah, that's, I'm definitely. I think Ghostbusters is also a part of that series. Yes, I started watching the yeah. Ghostbusters one. I got like maybe thirty minutes into it, and then I fell asleep. But um, not because not it's, because it yeah, was boring. It's, it, it's Home Alone, Die Hard, Dirty Dancing, and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, yeah. one that's not part of that series, but I actually talked about it a couple weeks ago on the KQ Morning Show uh, when I think Tommy said something about the Dexter Lake Club. There is a, a, a documentary about yeah, the making baby. of Animal House, and talk yep. about a movie that, oh my God, it is amazing that it got made. The trouble that they went through to get that film made is, is incredible. But again, it, it, you hear about develop, developmental hell with films, and it takes 10 years. I mean, it does. It really does sometimes with all the politicking that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dirty Dancing, um, <laughs> they tried, they, they made it brought it to try to get it distributed and people were like just burn it it's so horrible <laughs> just bur- burn just burn it burn it and try to get insurance money <laughs> oh god and it, and I, it turned I into am one aware of, the of a, a, a movie years later that called dirty dancing havana nights they probably did burn that one yeah i didn't oh. even bother uh. <laughs> And, and Home Alone, uh, interestingly enough, um, when it came out, Siskel and Ebert were, you know, they were they could make or break a film, right? Mm-hmm. God, they didn't. Crazy. They didn't like Home Alone. They didn't. They oh, panned wow. it. Nope. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people Once didn't again. like Home Alone, actually. Why? Oh I don't my know. God, it's such a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. I love Home Alone. Love it. It's such a good. Yeah, yes. I watch it. I like to watch it with my my youngest boy. Um, who's seven? Well, he's going to be eight. Oh my gosh, he's going to be eight on Saturday. I forgot. Dan Uh-oh. used to get <laughs> Dan used to get stopped in the street when he was a kid, asking people people asking for his he autograph looked, because they thought he was Macaulay Culkin. Tom, Andy was always thought of. This. Yeah, Andy was looked pretty similar, similar to yeah. Macaulay Culkin too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was such a cute kid. No, um, he's not a cute adult. No, no, God, no. Scary looking adults. Yeah. Well, there, I guess I we watched some YouTube stuff. I don't know if there's talks that they might do. There was like this thing. I, I think it was one of those fan-made trailers that if they did wow. a Home Alone family reunion, and it's actually the actors grown up. Like, uh, uh, what was the Buzz? What was uh, what was the older brother's yeah, name? Yeah, Buzz. 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 Yeah, like Buzz. him. He was older. Um, Catherine O'Hare. I mean, obviously she's older. I don't, but I think they were taking <laughs> clips from other movies and piecing it together, and it was actually really well done. But that would be kind of interesting to see, like a Home Alone family reunion movie with them all adults now. 
Now, John Hurt is gone, right? The dad. I think he is. Yeah, he pa- Yeah, he died. Oh. I saw a picture oh. this Christmas of the two robbers together <laughs> on social media. One of them posted a picture of them together. When, when and, Joe Pesci uh, gets yeah. his head, what, what's head yeah, what's fried the with the Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. You were saying something, Catherine? Oh, I just was saying, Joe. one of the funniest things in that movie was when Joe Pesci gets his head fried by the blowtorch. <laughs> oh, God. And his hat's it's, like... <laughs> it's so damn funny. They're both, they're both really funny. good, like, physical comedians. That's what makes it so funny. And that was so actually funny. one of the movies where the sequel, Home Alone in New York, was just as good as the first one, I thought. Mm. You I know. don't think I saw that one. I was going to say, really? I oh my gosh. When yeah, we saw it in theaters. I remember. We did? When he gets yeah, electrocuted. I must not have thought it was so good. <laughs> he goes to wash the paint off his face and he's got a battery hooked up to the faucets and he gets electrocuted. Mm-hmm. It has Donald Trump in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Like those cartoons, the Tom yeah. and Jerry cartoons, oh all those. those. <laughs> Cruel ways that people get tortured. Don- mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Donald Trump was in it because Kevin McAllister stayed at the Plaza Hotel. And well, Don- did you know that the uh, Canadian uh, is it, is Canadian broadcasting system or whatever the they a station in Canada aired it and they cut the Donald Trump scene. They did, yeah. <laughs> really, and it was like God, how petty. Fifteen seconds he was on. They had to cut yep. him yeah. out. Oh, jeez, that was so tolerant. Time, I guess. <laughs> very yeah, tolerant and very progressive. That's what that is. Hey, that's Tom. Silly. Yes. I am, I've been just, I want to know, did you watch the second half of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. And I've been waiting to hear your response to the last, well, especially the last part of the movie. Got way too over the top for me. Slamming a woman's face into the, the uh, fireplace mantle was a bit much for me. Um, the blowtorch thing—it just got too way over the top. I thought the ending was kind of lame, actually. Well, you didn't see. I liked it. You know, the yeah, funny part people, about that movie did. is that was about the most Tarantino-like uh, the movie was. It, he, there was hardly any swearing yeah. in the film. There was there weren't any N words, which was amazing for him because he likes to throw amazing, that around. Yeah. Um, he really kind of held back into, until this, which what I, I guess I thought it was a surprise ending. <laughs> I didn't ex, didn't expect that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not as big a fan as a lot of people are of that movie. No. Hmm. No, I'm not either. I thought there were good scenes in it. I thought you know, the first half of it was really good. It's just when they started the, the massacring thing. It's like, okay, I, we get it, Quentin. You're going to massacre people. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you have to admit, Bruce Lee, that is a classic scene. Oh, yeah. That, that is a great scene. <laughs> What'd you do to my car? <laughs> oh, God. That was so good. Oh. And, and that, girl, that girl outacted Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. That young yes. girl. That Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it's that hard to do. <laughs> well, you know, and that's just, just it, don't Catherine. think he's that great. Honestly, Catherine, I feel the exact same way. What I does he do in this movie to to warrant all of this? You know, Screen Actors Guild Best Actor nomination, which in all likelihood means he'll be nominated for an Oscar. Are you kidding? Oh, the yeah. only person, no. the only person that deserves that sort of praise at this point, and even I, <sighs> at this point, don't think he. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's the best part of that movie, but does yes. he deserve an Oscar mm-hmm. nomination for it? I, I'm not sure. 
The guy that played Bruce well, Lee he... deserves an Oscar nomination, not him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get a supporting role, right? When, when yeah, in supporting, role? yeah, because it's a supporting uh, nomination. and eh, Maybe as a I supporting role. I don't know. You know, that just kind of goes to show you when you have a certain stature in the industry, it's like you can kind of, I'm not saying they phoned it in, but it's approaching that sort of thing where they just show up and, oh, my God, it's Brad Pitt. Let's give him an Oscar nomination so we can have more famous people at our award ceremony, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you do have to remember that Leonardo DiCaprio is playing the role of a horrible actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you do have to give him credit for it. I mean, he is. Well, I, mean, I know, playing. but in between the scenes he was shooting, I still thought he was horseshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you, well, there you go. Well, the last movie. Well, never mind that. I think the, the last movie I saw Leo in before this one was Wolf of Wall Street, which I thought he was really good in Wolf of Wall Street. I, I think hated he can Wolf act. of Wall Street. I, I think he can act, but it just, again, um, the, the, the Revenant. I mean, he really. He he went there. He ate buffalo raw buffalo liver or whatever the hell that was. Um, you know, he sure did the the, the method actor thing, and he went there. But here it's like again, you're right, Tom. He's a bad actor, and um, yeah, you know, is, is he good in the movie? <laughs> yeah, good. He's good. He's okay. But does he deserve the the high praise? I'm I'm not sure about that. Hey, all I know, he's the best buddy of Greta Thunberg, and that's all I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Do you, you don't that? even have education past Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly what, what Ricky said. She's so smarter than you are. take your little award, your little <laughs> award. <laughs> I love that so much. I really do. Oh, I, 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 I got to be honest I'm with you, so though, Timmy, and this is... This is true. I I cannot name a show that Ricky Gervais was in that he that I didn't think he was brilliant. Whether it's extras or The Office or you go down the list, he's brilliant. He really is. Well, and and and, and a brilliant writer. I mean, yeah, obviously he yeah. you know, directs yep. and he he writes his shows, and you know he he parlays what appears to be a plug for his show, which it was. You know, spoiler, uh, season two, uh, he didn't commit suicide, and then he parlays that into a joke about Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, you know, that that's a yes. brilliant thought going into that right there. You know, I mean, yeah, everything was yep. so precise, so, like I say, he was a, a microsurgeon, the way he dismantled these people. <laughs> oh, man. I agree completely. It was wonderful. All right, young man, another great week. We'll talk to you on Thursday, tomorrow on the KQ Morning yeah, Show, right? Yeah, and again, 1917. Um, I can't wait to tell you more about it. So this opens this Friday? It opens on, yeah, Friday. Hopefully you'll be able to see it Thursday night. And I'll tell you one quick thing. We saw it in IMAX last night. This is the second time I've seen it. Uh, but IMAX is definitely the way to go with this film, if you can find it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, how long is the film? Do you know? It's about two hours and five minutes, I think. I think. Oh, that's and of not course, bad. that includes credits. So you're, on, you're, you're in and out of the theater as long as they don't show 30 minutes of ads. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll be in and out of the theater in, in, in two hours. That works for me. On your recommendation, we will watch 1917 this weekend. That'll be great. Great. That'll be wonderful. So I'll talk to you tomorrow, Tommy, and everybody else have a great weekend, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Bye, Bye. See ya. Talk to you later. We'll be back for part two.